This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome back to the Liz Wheeler Show. I hope everyone is having a great weekend not drinking Bud Light. Actually, funny story, I bought my 90-year-old grandfather a beer koozie for Father's Day. I haven't given it to him yet, so this will be a test to see if he watches the show or not. The beer koozie says, not Bud Light. I thought it was a hoot. I think it's from Babylon Bee. I actually forgot where I bought it, but I think it's from Babylon Bee. Um, Today, what I want to do is I want to give you a sneak peek of what we do behind the scenes on this show. This is something that's usually reserved just for VIPs on the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals. Um, For example, specifically what I want to do with you today is I want to share with you um, what we did during DeSantis's presidential announcement. We actually hung out together on the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals for two hours. I mean, and you know how it started, right, with all the technical glitches on uh, Twitter, the Twitter space. So we had some really hilarious takes on that, jokes, opinions, obviously the criticism that every politician needs. And we chatted together for the whole time. That is the thing about uh, being a VIP. VIPs always have access to chat with me during these live broadcasts. It's actually my favorite part because you guys are funny, you guys are smart, you are insightful, and it feels like we're just all in the same room hanging out. Um, It's usually behind the paywall because it is special access, but today I want to um, offer it to you for free to convince you to join us over there on the Liz Wheeler Show community. I also have a promo code for you because it was DeSantis's presidential announcement. If you use promo code DeSantis, then you can get $10 off your annual subscription. So I think that's a pretty good deal. Join us, lizwheeler.com slash locals. That's lizwheeler.com slash locals. Hello, hello, welcome to this special Locals Live. It's an exciting night. We are expecting DeSantis to go live with Elon Musk on Twitter any moment now, and we are going to watch it together. We're going to, um, well, listen, I guess, right? This is a Twitter spaces that they're using to announce his candidacy for president. It's unprecedented because no candidate for president has ever announced his candidacy on Twitter, but there isn't video as far as we know. I know there's been a lot of people asking on Twitter if there's going to be a video, if this is some sneak secret rollout that Elon Musk has planned that he's going to add a live streaming capacity to the spaces function. Who knows? I suspect not. I suspect it's going to be audio. So we might just have to listen to this announcement and not watch it, but we're going to do it together. I'm excited to see all of you guys on here. I know we've been chatting just a little bit in the chat box uh, before we got started here, but uh, hit me with all your thoughts as we go along here, because this I mean, this isn't an official show, right? We're going to be watching this together. We're hanging out. We're going to analyze everything. The The biggest question, just to start with, is uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this? You know, I mean, Trump, obviously, by the way, this is what Trump posted on Truth Social. He said, I'd like to personally congratulate Rob DeSanctimonious. I don't, I don't get the Rob part. On finally announcing that he will be entering the race for president of the United States, hopefully he will get the full experience of being attacked by the Marxists, communists, and radical left lunatics of our country, without which he will never know the kind of job he is doing. These lowlifes and misfits are far worse than the leaders of hostile foreign countries. They must be soundly defeated in order to make America great again. Interesting, I think. So Trump is obviously not scared in the competition sense of anybody else in this race, not Haley, not Tim Scott, Um, nobody else, but Ron DeSantis, he is. We're going to talk about all that and more today. Also, guys, this is going, this live stream is going to be for VIPs only. I do have a promo code for you, though, so it's really easy to switch over, become a VIP supporter of the Liz Wheeler Show community, and you can join us for this 
um, uncensored, unvarnished take on all things good and bad Trump, all things good and bad DeSantis, and what's going to happen. The promo code, of course, in honor of the announcement is DeSantis, and you will get $10 off your annual subscription if you become a supporter. So use promo code DeSantis, just click that become a supporter button, and you'll be able to join us for this entire, this entire shebang. I think that Elon Musk, let me check this. I think that he is about to go live on the Twitter spaces. It's right at six o'clock. So don't worry, we'll bring that on as soon as it goes live. As soon as it goes live, you can see it on the screen there. We're just waiting for it to actually become a thing. There we go. So who's so many people in this space already. This is going to be so interesting. This is going to crush records, the number of people that tune into this. Crush records. People ask me all the time if I'm pro-Donald Trump or if I'm pro-Ron DeSantis. And um, whenever I say, well, listen, I'm not really interested in wading into that fight at this point, people think that I'm just doing it because I'm trying to be like diplomatic and that that's actually not the case. I actually don't know who I'm going to vote for in the Republican primary yet. I'm, I'm not playing any kind of games. I'm not trying to be uh, delicate. I'm not trying to just avoid conflict. I mean, come on, you guys know me. I don't, that's not exactly a personality characteristic of mine, avoiding conflict. Um, I actually don't know because I'm skeptical of every candidate under the sun. I'm skeptical of all politicians. And we'll talk about what about Trump makes me skeptical and what about DeSantis makes me skeptical. But um, Janice Mary says, why would Trump be scared? He's very far ahead of DeSantis in the polls. That's true. He is very far ahead of DeSantis in the polls right now, but um, historically, a year and a half before the general election and a solid year before the nomination is secured by a candidate, the polls don't really matter. Sometimes people who are who are polling as far ahead as Trump at this point um, don't end up winning the nomination and vice versa. Sometimes people that are polling very far behind this early end up being either a competitor or winning the nomination. So it's really far ahead of time. This is the thing about this 24-hour news cycle that we live in. Um, we are in a situation where the, the election is not for another year and a half, but we're already acting like it's just around the corner. We've Instead of being like every four years that we have a presidential election, it's just back to back to back to back to back now. People are just extending the campaign cycle um, for better or for worse. For better or for worse. So I find it interesting that... Ron DeSantis has picked Twitter as the venue that he's going, where he's going to announce. I think it's cool. I think it's, uh, it shows two things. It shows that he knows where the future of media is. The future of media is not cable news. The future of media is new media, whether that's social media, whether that's independent um, platforms and, and movements like the one that we're building. He understands that. I also think he is completely disinterested in the criticism about him, meaning the left and even the establishment class on the right is saying, well, this is, this is a very online announcement. This is very strange. And he doesn't care. He doesn't care that, that it's non-traditional. He's willing to actually you know, break new ground here. All that being said, I do think it's kind of weird that there's not gonna be video. This is something I was, I've said to my team a half dozen times today. It is a little bit weird that there's not gonna be any video because you usually want the moment. Like think about Trump coming down that elevator in 2015, right? Like that's an iconic moment that we can all bring to our mind's eye at a moment's notice. And for this, we won't be able to because we won't be able to see his face, his demeanor, you know, his body language. Nonverbal communication is like 80% of what people pick up. We won't have any of that. We'll just have, we'll just have essentially a radio announcement, right? This is what's happening. Space has started. 
Um, but they haven't started talking yet, so maybe they're having they're having the, the tech issues this time. <laughs> I'm laughing because um, you know that's, that's what it's like to work to work in any kind of broadcast. We believe that they are that they've started the space, but it seems that everyone is muted. There's no sound on it at the time being. Um, we shall see. We shall see. Um, guys, I think that we are switching this over to, really shortly, we're gonna switch this over to a VIP only live stream. This is one of the benefits that you get if you're part of the Liz Wheeler Show community. You get these live reactions. We get to sit and have fun, have a watch party, live stream together, hang out, talk, chat. Um, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. Hit that become a supporter button. Um, if you use promo code DeSantis in honor of this being a live stream watch party of DeSantis's announcement for president, you can get $10 off your annual subscription fee. It's a good deal. Um, and we'd really love to have you as part of the community where you can actually interact with us too, because that is a privilege reserved just for VIPs. So click become a supporter, use promo code DeSantis and, you know, become a supporter, be part of our community. I want to hear your opinions too. Oh my gosh, can you imagine the poor techs and the crew behind this Twitter space? They must be sweating bullets right now, <laughs> trying to get the audio, trying to get the audio working. I feel for them. As, as someone who works in broadcast, uh, someone who works closely evening, with- or Good morning, everyone, depending on wherever in the world you're okay, there we go. from. I'm broadcasting you guys hear it? live from David from Twitter headquarters. It's David Sachs here. Uh, Elon is sitting next to me. And we, want, and we want to welcome you to this historic Twitter Spaces event, and more broadly, a first in the history of social media. Uh, tonight, I'm pleased to introduce two individuals who've done more to loosen the grip. Did we lose it? Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash ev9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Okay, so it's still cutting in and out for them. They're still dealing with the, yeah, it went out for me too, Janice. Uh, went out for me too, Joe. It's not It's not our broadcast. It's Elon Musk's Twitter space with DeSantis that's going in and out. I'm sure that they're aware of it and that we'll just we'll just sit here and watch. This is the fun. For once, the stress is not on us, right? How many times have Sorry, we been in a situation where we, we have a live broadcast? We've got so many people here that I think we are, we are uh, kind of overloading the servers, servers, perhaps, uh, which is a good sign. Guys, this is um, the last chance. Become a supporter. Right, We're like about to switch over. The, Promo code the, DeSantis. You get ten dollars off here. Um, your annual so subscription. Hit, become a supporter. Without the man sitting next to me, Elon Musk, his decision to purchase this platform last year to restore to its original mission as a beacon for free speech, and even to expose Twitter's past complicity with a government censorship regime. Might have surprised many, but not those of us who've known and worked with Elon for nearly a quarter century. His commitment to freedom, commitment to freedom and his willingness to put his money where his mouth is, upset the narrative, upset the narrative control, control imposed on us by our government, elite institutions, and corporate media. Uh, go ahead and send a, a heart up if you want to say thank you, Elon. 
Uh, Governor DeSantis first drew my attention and support when I saw how he responded to the COVID pandemic and refused to believe what we now know to be the many falsehoods that government experts and their media mouthpieces were feeding us. He kept Florida's schools open and its economy thriving, while my state of California chose two years of learning loss and lockdowns that we have yet to fully. Yeah, that's them again. I know I love this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not, I don't love that they're having tech difficulties, but I love this kind of, um, the intersection of media and politics. That's like literally just where, just where my passion lies. So I will talk about like the pros and cons of DeSantis, the pros and cons of Donald Trump here shortly, but this is just like, I do feel excited about this. I feel like it's, um, the reason I think that we've elongated campaign season is because there's something about it that um, gets your adrenaline moving. There's something about it that gets your like patriotism moving. And it is really fun. It is really fun. I still stand by the fact that it's too long and that we've dragged it out too much, but I understand why. Um, as a consumer, I understand why. As a voter, I understand why. I think DeSantis himself just got dropped out of that space. If you guys look at it, you see that on the screen? Control room, can we bring that up for a second? Because look at that top row. It says, in that top row, like DeSantis is gone. DeSantis. I think he actually is the one that keeps getting dropped. So did uh, David Sachs. Yikes. Look and see. Oh, Ron DeSantis. Okay, there it is. Listener. So they don't have him as a speaker right now. Where did he go? Did he go up to the top? Oh, no, he's right there. Let's see. So here we go. Yeah, I think so. Um, Just to simplify this. You got to wonder if they realize fully that they've dropped the whole thing. Jomo says woke sabotage. You know, I got to say, again, just with my experience in working with live broadcasts, it's probably not woke sabotage. It's probably just technology. Techno this is one of the reasons that I, um, this, and this is something I say to my team all the time every time we have a tech issue. I do not believe that robots are going to take over the world. I do not believe that AI is going to rule us because... All right, great. Anybody so that's ever dealt see. with broadcast issues and tech issues, there's no way this stuff is yeah, going to rule us. <laughs> hey, just a massive number of people online, so it's um, servers are straining somewhat. Um, My husband just texted me and it was like, is it working for you? And I'm like, no, I don't think it's working for anybody right now. <laughs> I'm really excited, actually, to see this entire move towards new media, right? So we've talked so much on the show about the Tucker Carlson story, which I think we're all extremely interested in, both because it's this, this massive change in um, a lot of people's viewing habits, how they get their news, but also because we suspect, and rightly so, that there's something bigger behind Tucker Carlson's firing. But the, the other part of that that's really interesting is this is going to um, complete, I, I will say, complete um, the beginning of the end of the migration right, from cable news to new media. Uh, capability uh, to be able to handle the load here. It's uh, really going, going crazy. So, um, yeah, I'm obviously very excited to um, have uh, Governor DeSantis uh, make this up. No. <laughs> um, I, for one, am willing to tolerate this if this is what it takes to build up the infrastructure of new media as an alternative to legacy media and cable news media. 
Okay, so uh, apparently they've reset the entire Twitter space. Elon has, and right now he's the only one that's in the room. They're not allowing anybody else to be in it because they're trying to bolster their bolster their infrastructure. So the broadcast is, we're just waiting. We get to hang out. This is, um, you get more time with me than you bargained for, which I know exactly what you guys. It's ended? They ended it? Oh, look at that now. It says, Oh my gosh, I actually like feel a little bit for Ron DeSantis at this point. The first two or three minutes, I was kind of just like, haha, glad to know it happens to other people too. But now I feel like a little bit of sympathy because this is like his big moment and this is going to be the headline. Well, we'll let them deal with that. That's not, um, that's not our problem, is it, at the moment? Okay, so as you guys can see on the screen here, David Sachs was the journalist who is hosting this. It looks like they're, they're starting a new one. Is that, do they have elevator music playing? Oh no. <laughs> oh, it goes from bad to worse. Anyway, so Trump's policies on COVID-19, I mean, he still embraces the legacy of the vaccine, which is not only ineffective, it's extremely dangerous. It's harmful to people's bodies, to people's lives, um, especially young people. So it really troubles me that Donald Trump on his last day in office gave a medal to Dr. Fauci. Oh, here we go. Did you guys hear that? That was David Sachs. Do you hear them typing in the background? They're typing as furiously as we are. Yeah, but David Sachs presum presumably doesn't wear the fingernails that I do. That's what the typing noise when I type comes from. <laughs> All right, I think we're broadcasting. <laughs> Man, I think we melted the internet there. Yeah, that was insane. Sorry. we. Uh... Uh, I'm actually doing this from uh, David Sachs' Twitter account uh, because uh, it looks like doing it from mine basically <laughs> broke the Twitter system. Um, anyway, thanks everyone for joining. Uh, we're incredibly excited to announce uh, that if you want to, to have uh, Governor DeSantis uh, on with us with this uh, historic announcement. Um, and then look forward to a uh, live Q&A from uh, the audience. So, yeah, uh, yeah with, with that. Yeah, I mean, so uh, Governor DeSantis, uh, can are you there? Can you hear us? I think you. Broke I'm right, here. I know. I think I think you broke the internet there. We had over half a million people in one Twitter space, and it was growing by like fifty thousand a minute. So, uh, congrats on uh, on breaking the internet there. His heart must yeah, be breaking. Be some, you know, new things you're, you're gonna. Yes, uh, it's adventurous. So yes. Um, but so, yeah. I, I think the, the the value here is is actually really high for people to hear directly from uh, presidential candidates and to answer a Q and A live, and you can get a sense for what, how a candidate uh, really is, you know, and, and where it's not just uh, canned speeches and uh, teleprompters. Uh, it's uh, you, in fact, you can tell by the you know some of the mistakes that that it's real. Um, yeah. So um, anyway, with 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 that, I, I guess I should turn it over. To um, yeah, well, yeah. let's see. So yeah, Governor, there's been a lot of speculation over the last couple of months about your your plans. Um, I understand that you may have an announcement to make. Uh, we've got, I think, a, a record audience assembled here. Uh, you know, the, probably the biggest uh, room that's probably ever been assembled online. Uh, what what would you like to tell them? Well, I am running for president of the United States to lead our great American comeback. Look, we know our country's going in the wrong direction. We see it with our eyes and we feel it in our bones. Our southern borders collapse. Drugs are pouring into the country. 
Our cities are being hollowed out by spiking crime. The federal government's making it harder for the average family to make ends meet and to attain and maintain a middle-class lifestyle. And our president, well, he lacks vigor, flounders in the face of our nation's challenges, and he takes his cues from the woke mob. I don't think it has to be this way. American decline is not inevitable. It is a choice. And we should choose a new direction, a path that will lead to American revitalization. We must restore sanity to our nation. This means embracing fiscal and economic sanity. Stop pricing hardworking Americans out of a good standard of living through inflationary borrow print and spending policies. And please embrace American energy independence. This also means replacing the woke mind virus with reality, facts, and enduring principles. Merit must trump identity politics. We must return normalcy to our communities. America's a sovereign country. Our borders must be respected. We cannot have foreigners pouring into our country illegally by the millions. We cannot allow drug cartels to poison our population with fentanyl. Public deserves safe communities and law and order must be maintained in American cities. We can't have inmates running the asylum and we must reject attacks on the men and women of law enforcement. We also must reestablish integrity in our institutions. This includes the military. I'm proud to be a Navy veteran, an Iraq veteran, and I revere our services. But when revered institutions like those in our military are more concerned with matters not central to the mission, whether it's global warming or gender ideology and pronouns, morale declines and recruiting suffers. And you need to eliminate these distractions and we need to get focused on the core mission. We also cannot have true constitutional government if the most significant issues are decided by the whims of unelected bureaucrats rather than the people's elected representatives. Reestablishing integrity in our institutions means we must reinvigorate our constitutional system by returning the government to its rightful owners, we the people. No social or economic transformation without representation. Truth needs to be our foundation. Common sense can no longer be an uncommon virtue. And in Florida, we proved it could be done. Uh, we chose facts over fear, education over indoctrination, law and order over rioting and disorder. We held the line when freedom hung in the balance. And we're thriving as a result. Florida's the nation's fastest growing state. We're number one in net in migration, number one in new business formations, recently ranked number one in education. We have a 50-year low crime rate and one of the lowest tax and debt per capita in America. But we also understand governing is not entertainment. It's not about building a brand or virtue signaling. It is about delivering results. And our results in Florida have been second to none. We can and we must deliver big results for America. I pledge to be an energetic executive that will take on the important issues. Biden's pursued inflationary policies that are hurting working people. We will reverse those policies and we'll build an economy where working Americans can achieve a good standard of living. Biden's opened the southern border and allowed massive amounts of drugs to pour into the country. We'll shut down the border, construct a border wall, and hold the drug cartels accountable. Biden's embraced medical authoritarianism, such as unconstitutional COVID vax mandates. We will ensure that those violations of liberty can never happen again. Biden's allowed woke ideology to drive his agenda. We will never surrender to the woke mob, and we will leave woke ideology in the dustbin of history. 
Biden's also politicized the military and caused recruiting to plummet. We will eliminate ideological agendas from our military, focus the military on the core mission, and we will reverse the poor recruiting trends. Finally, Biden's weaponized the power of the administrative state to advance his left-wing agenda. We will reconstitutionalize the executive branch and we'll bring the administrative state to heel. Now, you can't do any of that if you don't win. There is no substitute for victory. We must end the culture of losing that has infected the Republican Party in recent years. The tired dogmas of the past are inadequate for a vibrant future. We must look forward, not backwards. We need the courage to lead and we must have the strength to win. And to voters who are participating in this primary process, my pledge to you is this. If you nominate me, you can set your clock to January 20th, 2025 at high noon, because on the west side of the U.S. Capitol, I will be taking the oath of office as the 47th president of the United States. No excuses. I will get the job done. Now, these past few years have given me a new appreciation for the fragility of our freedoms. I never thought I would see things in America that we saw during the COVID-19 pandemic. But our founding fathers were keenly aware of the fragility of freedom. When they framed our Constitution, they came to arm with having studied the history of every republic and the history of mankind. And they noticed that all of those experiments only had one thing in common, and it was this. Every single one of them had failed. And so they knew it fell to our country, the United States of America, to determine whether people could really govern themselves. Could we have a society based on the idea that our rights are God-given, not government-granted, and that society functions based on the rule of law, not the rule of individual men? And when Dr. Benjamin Franklin walked out of that convention, he was asked, did you deliver a republic or a monarchy? He said, a republic, if you can keep it. They knew freedom didn't run on autopilot. They knew each generation would have a responsibility to safeguard freedom, and it's our responsibility to do so at this important juncture in our nation's history. We have a lot of work to do to ensure the country gets back on track. I ask everybody listening to please join me on this mission. Please invest in our campaign by going to rondesantis.com and making a donation. Thank you, God bless, and I look forward to the discussion. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to The First TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on The First TV. Watch The First on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. America is on trial. Join me, Josh Hammer, as we examine the presidential election through the only lens that truly matters, the legal proceedings of Donald Trump and the Biden crime family. This new daily podcast examines breaking news and analyzes the biggest questions facing the country. Can the former president, Donald Trump, get a fair trial? Can Trump be disqualified from the ballot? Can Joe Biden pardon his son, Hunter? Can Trump even pardon himself? We cover all the action every morning. Listen to America on Trial wherever you download your favorite podcasts. All right. Thank you, Governor. Appreciate that. Um, I guess just a, as a, a first uh, follow-up uh, here, thank you for putting up with these technical issues. I think we're, we're definitely breaking new ground here. As far as I know, uh, no major presidential candidate has ever announced uh, their, their, uh, their candidacy uh, on social media this way, certainly in a, in a Twitter space. So 
thank you for doing that. Uh, what made you want to kind of take the chance of doing it this way as opposed to just doing it on cable news or the, the usual way? Well, when COVID hit, uh, I had to make decisions about do you go with the crowd or do you look at the data yourself and cut against the grain? And I chose to do the latter. Uh, I faced huge blowback uh, for doing that from the bureaucracy, from the elites, from the media. But my view was I had to look out for the people I represented, prefer protecting their jobs over trying to safeguard my own political hide. But it was very, very lonely in a lot of those decisions. And part of the reason it was so lonely is because there was a concerted effort to try to stifle dissent. There was an official narrative about lockdowns, about closing schools, about forced masking, about all these different things that we had to navigate during COVID. Uh, and it was an orthodoxy being enforced by the major tech platforms in conjunction with the federal government. And if we can't have an honest debate in a free country about uh, issues that affect hundreds of millions of people, like lockdowns, then what good is the First Amendment at that point? Those are precisely the times when we needed to have debate be robust. You should not be taking down articles that criticize uh, those draconian policies, and yet that's exactly what happened. So it occurred to me that if that had continued, uh, I think free speech in this, in this country uh, was on its way out the door. And so when Elon Musk uh, stepped up to purchase Twitter, uh, he paid a lot of money for it. Uh, and I'm sure because he's a good businessman, Elon, I'm sure you'll, you'll end up making money off it. But bottom line is you had to put your money where your mouth is uh, because I think you recognize that uh, you can't have a free society uh, unless we have the freedom to debate the most important issues that are affecting our civilization. That did not happen during COVID. The truth was uh, censored repeatedly. And now that Twitter is in the hands uh, of, of a free speech advocate, uh, that would not be able to happen again uh, on this Twitter platform. So I think what was done with Twitter is really significant for the future of our country. We cannot have a society in which government is colluding with major tech platforms to enforce an orthodoxy. Well, th thank you. Um, yeah, we're, uh, we're absolutely committed to freedom of speech and level playing field um, and just a vigorous debate. And uh, hopefully... Uh, this can be uh, a platform that uh, brings people of divergent uh, political views uh, to exchange those views, and, and uh, perhaps some minds will be changed uh, one way or the other. And um, but it's just incredibly important, as you as you highlight, uh, that um, the, the, the First Amendment is irrelevant if uh, all the media and all the and, and the government are operating in lockstep. It's uh, it, it makes you know, the most important amendment, the one that was most urgently added to the Constitution, um, moot, if you if you cannot have a free and open debate. Um, so so tw Twitter was indeed expensive, uh, but free speech is priceless. Awesome. Um, thank you. So, uh, Governor, let me, I'm going to ask some questions while we get some other uh, kind of speakers in the queue to, to ask questions. Um, I think maybe some people knew this announcement was coming because there's been no shortage of hit pieces on you <laughs> yeah. in the press over the last week or two. I want to ask you about some of these accusations that are being uh, leveled at you. Uh, last week, uh, the NAACP issued a travel advisory against your state claiming that Florida is not a safe place for minorities to visit. Uh, what do you say to those who've been advised that somehow they aren't welcome in your state? 
Claiming that Florida is unsafe is a total farce. I mean, are you kidding me? You look at cities around this country, they are awash in crime. In Florida, our crime rate is at a 50-year low. If you look at the top 25 cities for crime in America, Florida does not have a single one amongst the top 25. And if you look at cities like Baltimore and Chicago, you got kids more likely to get shot than to receive a first-class education. Yet I don't see the NAACP batting an eye about all the outrage and the carnage that's happening in those areas. So this is a political stunt. These left-wing groups have been doing it for many, many years. And at the end of the day, what they're doing is colluding with legacy media to try to manufacture a narrative. Now, the good news is, is fewer and fewer Americans are gullible enough to believe this dribble. And platforms like Twitter are there where people can debunk these lies in real time. And I would just say as an American citizen, if you are uncritically accepting narratives spun by legacy media and left wing groups, you're failing at your job uh, of being a conscientious citizen. Um, And I think people just see right through it. And oh, by the way, have any of these travel advisories, because they've been doing this for, for a while, all these left-wing groups, have any of them worked? Well, we're the number one state for net in-migration and have been every year since I've been governor. We just capped the highest quarter for tourism in the history of the state of Florida. And our view is we want everybody to succeed regardless of their skin color. We don't divvy up people by race. At the same time, it is worth pointing out that we have in Florida more Black-owned businesses than any state in the nation. Uh, And we've also had more African-Americans lead state agencies under my administration than at any time in Florida history. But with us, you know they're there because of merit, not because we're trying to play identity politics. And if you want to look at education, uh, the Black students in in Florida perform much higher than Black students in most other states. We rank number three in fourth grade reading and number two in fourth grade math amongst our black student population. And oh, by the way, the head of the NAACP lives in Florida, and a lot of their board members have put out on social media during my governorship Florida vacations where they seem to be having an awful good time. Um, That's great. Um, Well, I mean, Florida's a great state, and I think the the, the people people realize that. the, the, some of the things that are being said are just uh, truly absurd. Um, I mean, I, I saw some uh, headline from The Atlantic uh, basically claiming that anyone who listens, listens to this uh, spaces on Twitter is basically a Nazi. Um, so, uh, or, yeah. <laughs> or the, yeah, that was The Atlantic. And then, Atlantic, and then yeah, Vanity yeah. Fair said that, uh, <laughs> that you were, you were uh, hosting or interviewing because David Duke wasn't available. Oh, yes. yes Although yes. I'm not totally sure who they were saying was David Duke. I don't know if it was you or Governor DeSantis. It's sort yeah. of a little bit unclear. But, uh, but I like, think this is a function of these – the legacy media, these corporate journals, they're in their little bubble. And to to draw allusions to stuff like that, I mean, how crazy do you have to be? But in their little bubble, it sounds like a, they're making some type of profound point. And so part of, I think, what Twitter is, is standing for is people should be exposed to different viewpoints. And I think the yeah. elites in our society have tried to cluster themselves to where their assumptions are never challenged. And that's not a, a good way, I think, to live. It's also not a good way to, to be a critical thinker because no one's ever going to question, uh, obviously, wrong assumptions because everybody around you shares them. Absolutely. 
And I think they become totally hysterical because they don't like the idea that their control over the media is being, you know, disintermediated. Yeah. Because now, you know, candidates for president can just speak directly to people through platforms like Twitter. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the amazing thing about uh, Twitter and things like sp Spaces are that, um, although I happen to be hosting it, 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 it well, I, I, I had to switch over to David hosting it because my account was actually... There's too much interest. But, <laughs> my account was breaking yeah. the system. Um, but uh, it's it's uh, there's really never been a, a mechanism before where uh, someone could address the nation or anyone who wanted to listen to them could from, from anywhere in the world. Uh, United States or anywhere. So this is a, I think this, this is a really profound uh, change. Um, and it's also like the, it's not just whether the media reports something and uh, an, an article is, is true or not, uh, even more powerful is deciding what the narrative is. And totally. so, uh, you know, it's, so it's just like if there's only so much you can actually fit in a newspaper um, or a magazine, and, what, and there's only one thing you can really put on, on the cover of a magazine. So uh, that that whoever's deciding that is is deciding to not talk about other things, um, whereas with a public digital town square like we have here, it's possible for the public to choose the narrative. It empowers the people instead of uh, a very tiny elite cabal, um, which I don't recognize the irony of me using that <laughs> phrase, um, but but nonetheless, it's it's true, uh, um, and judged by the results that. Uh, this is a means. Okay, for what do you guys think? The you guys want to discuss what we've decide, heard uh, so far? Uh, you want to keep listening a little bit longer? You know, which, which Hit me up in the chat. Go. Let me know. Um, I have some thoughts already. Five editors and chiefs of a uh, few newspapers, basically. Yeah, and I think one of the really crazy things that happened during COVID is that that uh, social networks really started censoring dissenting viewpoints on COVID, medical viewpoints that ended up being totally correct in, in lockstep with what the mainstream media was doing. So basically, big tech platforms were undermining their main reason for existing, which is giving people a choice. And actually, there's, there's somebody who I think knows more about that than any of us, which is Dr. Ba Jay Bhattacharya, who's a professor of medicine at, at Stanford. I want to pull him in here. Uh, Jay, you go ahead and unmute yourself if you can. Uh, it'd be great to, to hear from you. Um, I know that during COVID, you worked with. Let's listen to Dr. Bhattacharya, and then we'll hash out the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if you have a question for the governor, yeah, thank you, David. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was an absolute honor to work with uh, with, with Governor DeSantis, and, and I was really impressed Ooh, by his decision making in the face of of an absolute firestorm of criticism. Um, but he, you know, Governor, you did the right thing when you opened the schools. And uh, my kids in California for a year and a half didn't see the inside of a classroom, whereas Florida kids were in school. And you can see it in the results and the, the learning loss numbers are so much better in Florida. Uh, I, I, I'm really curious, Governor, um, you know, as, as you're running for president, what are your thoughts about reforming, uh, you know, the, the the public health authority in the United States and the federal government, the you know, the CDC, mm, the FDA, this is a good the question. NIH? How do you, how do you see the reforms we need so that the mistakes of the lockdowns that, that happened during the pandemic don't happen again when there's another pandemic? Well, first, we need this is a great question reckoning about what happened during COVID. And the only honest reckoning yes. is that all of yes, those agencies, all of the elites, the public health establishment, they failed. They instituted bad policies. Uh, obviously, it's a novel virus. But I think what happened was when the data 
was becoming more and more apparent that the path they were on was wrong, they doubled down and wanted to do it even more. And I really believe had Florida not just kind of uh, stood in the way, I think this country would have had rolling lockdowns for probably a two-year period. And so their impulses were authoritarian. They were not following the data. And I think the U.S. government needs to acknowledge the failures. And I think all of those agencies need to be cleaned out. Uh, what I saw just dealing with them was I saw a um, interest in the narrative and in politics over evidence-based reasoning and evidence-based medicine. And so I don't have confidence that, that those agencies are up to the task. Uh, and I think you need major, major overhaul of the whole enchilada with respect to public health in this country. People's right. The whole Do you guys want to take a look Bitcoin. at some and of these you posts that Trump has been making on Truth Social? The only reason these people in Washington don't like it is because they This is what I'm looking at right now on my computer screen. Can we bring this up on the screen? And they want to have control over society. And so to Rob, my red button is bigger, better, stronger, and is working. Truth, yours does not. Per my conversation with Kim Jong-un of North Korea, soon to become my friend. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't even know what that means. I've read that two or three times. Somebody texted that to me like 10 minutes ago, and I do not even understand what this means. If this is Trump's response, then then we're in trouble. We're in trouble in this primary. Okay, we get we can scroll through, scroll down here a little bit and see what else. Oh yeah, there it is. Okay, you found it. Does that, I don't even know what that means. Like, does anyone know what that means? He's posted a couple of videos. I wouldn't be opposed to watching that video. I know that they're still talking on that space. Um, Oh, that's an interesting one. Hold there for a second. Trump said, DeSanctimonious raised much of his money during his run for governor, which in theory cannot be used for his current escapade and before his poll numbers tanked, and wow, did they tank. That's not entirely true, actually. I'm not, I'm not an attorney for campaign finance law, but you can actually fundraise, and there's a certain type of pack that you can, that you can use where it does make the money fungible between types of campaigns, I believe. Um, I, don't think, I don't think Trump's entirely accurate on that. Um, yeah, let's watch the, let's watch a Trump video. Shall we watch a Trump video, my friends? I think we should. Oh, Mary, Janice Mary says my Trump, my Truth Social account was shut down. So yeah, let's watch this. You can see it. We'll just, we'll just mute that space for a little bit. They're talking about Bitcoin regulation, which is like great, but also I want to see what Trump is saying. Okay. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Which one is this? The most Ron recent DeSantis one. Was struggling Let's do that big one. Time in his primary race for governor of Florida, polls revealed DeSantis was failing so bad he was losing by a staggering 17 points. Then DeSantis was saved by the endorsement of President Trump. Trump's support was so powerful. Just days after the endorsement, DeSantis took a commanding lead that propelled him to being elected governor. I'd like to thank our president for standing by me when it wasn't necessarily the smart thing to do. You're welcome, Ron. Unfortunately, instead of being grateful, DeSantis is now attacking the very man who saved his career. Isn't it time DeSantis remembers how he got to where he is? Make America great again. Build the wall. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part. Truth is, there's only one person who can make <laughs> America great again. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. Okay, so 
Yes, that's funny, but I don't think that's an effective campaign ad, and here's why. And like I said, I'm not on Trump's team or DeSantis' team. I'm just here to watch the show. Um, I don't think that's an effective campaign ad because Trump was very effective when he was talking to the American public as an elitist, saying, listen, I'm part of the elite class and I know how they take advantage of you, so let me take arrows for you and let me stand up for you on your behalf because I know exactly how this whole system works. So when he was saying, I will stand in the way for you, I will, I will be your human shield, that was a very effective campaign strategy. He's flipped this, this narrative and now uh, Trump's campaign narrative is you should take arrows from me. You owe me loyalty because I was loyal to you. And let me tell you, that is not going to land with voters. That's not going to land with just your average mainstream conservative, let alone the swing voters and the independent voters. Um, I understand that Trump operates with this idea of absolute loyalty, that you can't criticize, you can't dissent, you can't be independent-minded. That's how Trump is. That's not how I would be if I was Trump, but I understand that's how he is. But that ad is not going to change anybody's mind. That is an ad that Trump made because it appeals to what Trump feels about Ron DeSantis. But independent voters are going to watch that and be like, who cares? Who literally cares that Trump endorsed Ron DeSantis? That was great. That was the proper move. And it, it, was, it was helpful. Of course it was helpful. Does that mean DeSantis can't run? No, of course it doesn't. Does that mean DeSantis isn't offering something different than, than Trump is? No, it doesn't. And DeSantis, by the way, at the same time, actually, this was about an hour ago when all the tech glitches were happening, DeSantis posted his official announcement video in video form, not just audio, which has been my biggest criticism of this rollout. He did post a video, so let's take a look at that. Is this on Twitter? Our border is a disaster. Crime infests our cities. The federal government makes it harder for families to make ends meet, and the president flounders. But decline is a choice. Success is attainable, and freedom is worth fighting for. Riding the ship requires restoring sanity to our society, normalcy to our communities, and integrity to our institutions. Truth must be our foundation, and common sense can no longer be an uncommon virtue. In Florida, we prove that it can be done. We chose facts over fear, education over indoctrination, law and order over rioting and disorder. We held the line when freedom hung in the balance. We showed that we can and must revitalize America. We need the courage to lead and the strength to win. I'm Ron DeSantis, and I'm running for president to lead our great American comeback. Okay, I personally prefer campaign ads that are heavy on the policy and light on the um, mudslinging, especially within within a Republican uh, primary here. Let's go over to, is this the second one or the same? Let's go over to Biden's Twitter feed if we have that. Biden, Biden tweeted, actually, this is actually kind of a funny quip. I gotta give it to him. Look at that. It says, donate to reelect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And his caption is, this link works obviously making fun of the Twitter space that didn't work. That's pretty funny. I wouldn't donate to them. I think that they're terrible people, but that is pretty funny. Oh, there's more Trump videos? Yeah, let's watch them. Let's see them. Two other Trump videos. The Washington established politicians like to talk about how they can be just like Donald Trump. The truth, there's only one Donald Trump. Only one who gave us the largest tax cuts in history, 
who gave vets the health care they deserve and stood up to China and protected your job. Only one who kept us out of endless wars while destroying our terrorist enemies. Only one who fundamentally changed the Supreme Court was called the most pro-life president in history and relentlessly protected our Second Amendment rights and our borders. Why would we ever settle for Trump imposters? Make America great again. When there's only one, starting day one, who can make America great again. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. Okay, so my comment on that one is he's correct about what he achieved, and those are good things, and those are some of the reasons that I like Donald Trump. But again, in everything that Trump does from now until until the end of the primary, you have to analyze, is it self-focused or is it voter-focused? And that was self-focused. And I don't think that that's going to be effective in drawing in independence. That's just an inter-party um, political bickering type of attitude, and I don't like that. So let's let's kind of zoom out here for a second. We don't. I don't think we need to watch the other um, Trump video. We get the idea of what he's of what he's doing. The my skepticism with Donald Trump is his fourth year in office, how he handled COVID. I think that that's inexcusable. I think that he doesn't have any remorse for that. I think that he's still pushing the COVID um, vaccine, which is in. I can't even. I'm speechless trying to come up with a word to describe how destructive it is, and I have a very hard time getting over that. I think that Donald Trump has surrounded himself with people who are not trustworthy. They're basically morons and suck-ups. And it doesn't look like he learned his lesson. He did that during his first administration, and he's done that in, in the interim between his first administration and now this campaign. I don't like that. I, I find that very questionable. And I think that that has a big impact on guiding some decisions, especially as they relate to COVID in the administrative state and inter-party fighting. Those are my skepticisms with Trump. What I like about Trump is, for example, he recently said that when it comes to the war in Ukraine, that if he were president on his first day in office, he would stop that war. And when he says, I will stop that war within 24 hours, that's believable. He will stop that war and it's very important. You contrast that with Ron DeSantis and my skepticism with Ron DeSantis is he has no material foreign policy experience at the federal level. I know he served in Congress, but as an executive, especially at the state level, you only have so much foreign policy experience. You don't have a federal foreign policy experience because that is reserved to the chief executive, right? Or at least to senators who are supposed to um, ratify treaties and such. Ron DeSantis doesn't have that experience, and I would need to feel confidence in voting for him. I would need to hear him articulate very clearly, very clearly, what his foreign policy philosophy is, and apply that to certain scenarios around the globe, including Vladimir Putin, including um, especially, I suppose, the war in Ukraine. Tell me exactly what you believe about that. Tell me what you would do about that and how it would come to fruition. So that's my skepticism with Ron DeSantis is, we are facing uh, globally a huge threat, an existential threat really to the, to the world order with the war in Ukraine. We're also facing a threat from uh, China who also wants to unseat us. And we have to have someone who can adequately respond to this. Trump's foreign policy was his strongest part. And in that, I have full confidence in Trump. So you can see this dilemma that I'm facing here. You're probably facing the same dilemma. I know there's some people on this, on this chat who 
um, are very hardcore mega. There are some people who are very never Trump and therefore pro-DeSantis. I'm neither of those two things. I really don't know who I'm going to support in the primary. These are the things that I'm looking at, though. I want to know how each candidate defines the political enemy that we face. If you don't understand what we're facing, you won't adequately be able to fight back against it. I want to know exactly a prescription of how you are going to abolish the bureaucratic stronghold that that rules our lives from the administrative state. I wanna know exactly how that's going to happen, how you're going to abolish that. I wanna hear these plans. I wanna hear your foreign policy philosophy. I wanna hear exactly how you're going to fight against ESG, against corporate wokeism, in the culture war, how important you believe that is. I wanna hear all of these things from both candidates. And I read one time, probably a decade and a half ago when I was entering the workforce, I read in a book about how people successfully negotiate for new salaries. That when someone walks into their boss's office and they they tell their boss all the accomplishments that they've achieved and use that as um, as their their reason for why they deserve a raise, they oftentimes don't get a raise, even if they have been very successful. Even if all of those accomplishments are great accomplishments, they still don't get the raise. The people that get the raise walk into their boss's office and they say, this is what I'm going to do for you in the future. This is what I'm going to bring to the company. This is what we're going to achieve from hence forward. And of course, what you've done in the past is a part of um, convincing your boss that you are actually capable of doing what you're promising. But the presentation of what you're going to accomplish in the future makes a difference in every office cubicle in the United States. Why wouldn't it make a difference in a race like this? So I'm looking for, sure, tell me about what you've done. Prove to me that you've been a fighter when you've had the opportunity to be a fighter when you face these different things, whether it's the administrative state or COVID or whatever it might be. But also tell me what you're going to do in the future and be detailed about it. That's how you're going to convince me. You guys can tell me um, how you can best be convinced if you if you haven't always. Oh, okay. We have a poll on LizWheeler.com. If you haven't already voted in this, go vote in this. A poll, are we bringing it up? I don't think I can uh, see that. What is the poll? Oh, Trump or DeSantis, of course. Trump or DeSantis. I think you scroll up to get to the poll, right? Our new website, guys, how cool is it? I assume you've all signed up for our email list and are forwarding all of the emails to your family and friends to get them to sign up. I know you are because, oh, there we go. Who would you vote for in the 2024 election, Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump? Um, well, whoever is whoever is operating the mouse in the control room, you're going to be put on the spot because I want to see the results of this. So you're going to have to choose one. This is the control room operating this mouse, just so you guys know. <laughs> Who are we going to pick? Da, 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 da. You got to click on it so we see the results. This, is the, this poll was just, um, oh, you're the only one that's voted in it. <laughs> We just, okay, the control room is telling me that this was not a poll that was, it went up 35 seconds ago. So you're invited to participate in this poll. I thought we were revealing the results of this, um, but no, I misunderstood. Go vote in this poll so that it's not 100% to zero. Go tell me who you are going to vote for in um, in the primary. That's hilarious. Um, go to LizWheeler.com. We're also going to post the full Twitter spaces on LizWheeler.com in case anybody missed a part of it, the beginning of it, the middle of it, the end of it, the whole thing will be on LizWheeler.com. Obviously, some of the content that they were talking about, the COVID vaccine, the Public Health Administration, the CDC, the FDA, all of that, um, you're not going to be able to find that on um, other platforms because other platforms don't let you talk about that stuff without censorship. So we're going to post it on LizWheeler.com. You can go over there anytime to view it. This was um, Joe Mosa's Sino poll. It should be on the right side of the website, Joe. 
All right, guys, this was really fun. I really appreciate hanging out with you. Um, I think DeSantis's presentation at the beginning was a little bit awkward, and I'm not even talking about the the tech issues. The tech issues were just like were just like uh, a little painful for those of us who work in broadcast to think of experiencing that on like the moment, the day that this is your biggest moment. Um, that was a little bit, I don't know, the elephant in the room. That's what the headlines are going to be about. But I look past that to his presentation. I thought his presentation, his 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 initial presentation was not ad lib. This was not something that he was speaking off the cuff. This was a speech which I wasn't expecting. So I thought that was a little a little rehearsed sounding. But I don't really. I mean, because I am not looking for ways to demolish any Republican who is fighting adequately. I'm not here to hold those types of things uh, against him as a voter. As an analyst, I'm just telling you what's going to what's going to be the attacks. Um, he's going to be attacked for sounding over-rehearsed, but I thought he did a good job. It's beyond me why they would do this announcement without any video. That's the part that I can't get past. I totally understand that they wanted to do it on new media, and I embrace that. I think it's awesome. I think we all should migrate to new media. It is the future, and I appreciate that he was the first to try to embrace that in an announcement for a presidential run, but come on, send a camera crew, for goodness sakes. Send a camera crew and broadcast this. We all have this image in our minds of Trump coming down the elevator in 2015. We gotta have these similar images. We're an image-based society now. We have to have these images to be able to share, to rebroadcast, to imprint on people if we're going to actually stick in their memory and an audio broadcast, especially one with tech issues, um, isn't going to do that. So my, that is my honest take on um, whether it was successful using new media or not. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. The left is certainly going to attack him for it. And the fact that he had so many tech issues is going to give the left headlines um, so that they can avoid talking about the substance of what DeSantis was talking about. So we can't let the left take that narrative over. We'll have to We'll have to um, make sure they stay on track and we'll have to hold them accountable. But yeah, we've been on here for almost two hours. It's been really fun hanging out with you guys. I really appreciate each and every one of you, especially there's a couple people who have never joined us on a live broadcast before. So welcome to you guys. Thank you for being part of this. This is usually behind the paywall stuff just for locals VIPs, but I wanted to give you a special free access sneak peek into what we all do together hanging out over on the Liz Wheeler Show community in hopes that you will also join us over there. So join us, lizwheeler.com slash locals. The promo code is DeSantis. You get $10 off your uh, annual subscription on the Liz Wheeler Show community. That's lizwheeler.com slash locals. I hope everybody has a wonderful Memorial Day. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.